0: Welcome to the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast, bringing you open and honest conversations about resources in Tuscarawas County. Now here's your host, Jody Salvo.
1: Hi, this is Jody Salvo. Welcome to the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast. Today, I'm joined with Nicole Dorsey from the Tuscarawas County Health Department, Um, Logan Kazelman, a recent graduate. Congrats, Logan from Dover High School. And Hannah Yoder from Ohio Guidestone from the Prevention Department. Today, we're going to be talking about vaping and e-cigarettes, something that probably isn't talked about as much in our society as it was, you know, maybe six months ago. Um, But it's something I think we need to learn about, um, kind of get some insight about how it impacts our young people and our communities. So with that being said, um, I just want to say welcome, y'all, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, and how about starting by telling me a little bit about yourself and what you do in the community, and maybe even why you're here today on this issue. Hi, I'm Nicole Dorsey. I am a health educator
2: at the Tuscarawas County Health Department. Um, I've been there for just about four years now, and a lot of the things that I work on are family-based. So, tobacco is something that I've been doing for a couple of years now. Um, and most recently, I'm leading the vaping task force
1: in the
2: Tuscarawas County community. Um, I'm also a co-chair of the Tobacco Subcommittee of the Anti-Drug
1: Coalition. Awesome. Look forward to hearing a little bit more about that and the work you're doing. Logan.
3: My name is Logan Kaisman. I'm a recent graduate of Dover High School, and I've played a, a pretty, pretty big role in Dover High School as I was the leader of the youth, youth club there. Um, So Youth to Youth is a bunch of leaders in our school that kind of stand up with one passion to live a drug-free life. And so we get to do things around the high school and in the community to showcase um, how we live that drug-free life.
1: Awesome. And we'll hear more about Logan as we go on today. He has done a phenomenal job. Some of his work around tobacco and vaping has gone to a state level. So um, he's done presentations for our department. There's been times where The Anti-Drug Coalition's been asked to give presentations out in the community, and my staff hasn't been available, and Logan has provided those presentations and has done a better job than probably we would have done, so thank you for being here, Logan. And Hannah.
0: Um, Again, my name's Hannah Yoder. I coordinate the Mental Health and Prevention Program, Tuscarus County Youth to Youth. Logan, again, is a wonderful member of that. He kind of explained the program a little bit, and um, e-cigarettes and vaping, as everyone knows, has been an issue And it's something that our teens are very passionate about. And it's something that I'm very passionate about. We all want to keep our young people healthy and safe. So I'm looking forward to talking to you guys about that today.
1: Awesome. Okay. My first question is just going to be very broad and open-ended. So I'm going to just have you all jump in there. And it's going to be, what do we need to know about vaping? You know, kind of the history, the impact, you know, what's going on? In the world of vaping and our youth and our community. So I'm going to start with Nicole, I think. I think the
2: first thing that everyone needs to know about vaping is actually what it is. Um, So vaping is heating a liquid to an aerosol. So um, the devices are, they have many components to them, but basically what it is, is a device that has a mouthpiece that you use to inhale a liquid um, once it becomes vaporized and it holds A cartridge holds the e-liquid. There's a battery that heats the heating element that then turns e-liquid into vapor. Um, So
1: what's e-liquid?
2: So e-liquid or e-juice is the liquid that contains the nicotine. So it has flavoring in it. It has other chemicals in it. um, But the most dangerous thing about them is nicotine. And that's what I think we'll focus on probably today um, as far as the danger aspect of it because nicotine we know is very addictive. Um, and I think that's very troublesome for teens, especially with their developing brains. Um, so, besides what it is, I think that there's a lot of confusion that because it may, even though it hasn't been proven, it may be safer than traditional cigarettes, that people think that that means that it's safe. Or that because it doesn't smell like traditional cigarettes, that it isn't as harmful, um, or that it's just water. And that's really not what it is. Logan,
1: do you have anything to add on that one?
3: Um, I just think that people need to be aware of how easy it is for the students to hide it, and how, how easy it is to, for them to access it, really. Because even though Tobacco 21 has been passed in the state of Ohio and other states around the United States, students under the age of 21 are still getting that. And they're still um, having access to it in school. So if people are just aware, like parents and um, staff members in high schools and um, even middle schools are aware of how students are hiding it, then I think that can be a big thing that um, can help fix it.
1: Now, do you think students or adults realize um, that there are nicotine in um, vaping products?
3: I hear this a lot, like around school, if I hear someone like, oh, why do you vape? They're like, oh, there's no nicotine in it. And I'm... I'm thinking like, yeah, there probably is, and you're just not realizing it. So so why do kids
1: like, think there's not nicotine in e-cigarettes or in vape products? Who wants to feel that one?
2: Well, a lot of them can be packaged and say no nicotine, even though there may be nicotine in it. Um, 98.7% of the products that are sold actually do contain nicotine, whether they say it's in there or not. So um, right now it's not regulated. The FDA pushed that back now because of COVID until September. So there's still time for products to be out there that are mislabeled. Um, and even after that, it's going to take a while for the FDA
1: to catch up on all these things that are out there. So e-juice can have nicotine in it and be labeled no nicotine. Yeah. Okay. There's there's where the confusion comes, right? Yeah. Hannah, what do you have to say?
0: Um, I definitely just want to echo what Logan said, you know, being in six school districts in Tuscarawas County, you know, I hear the conversations that teens have about e-cigarettes. And a lot of them, they really don't think that they're addictive, especially, you know, the main brand, Juul. We know that one Juul pod is the equivalent of 20 cigarettes or one pack of cigarettes. And it's so much easier to smoke a Juul pod without realizing, you know, how much you're smoking. with cigarettes, it's easy to measure. Okay, I've had one cigarette today, I've had two. But, you know, when you're smoking an e-cigarette, it's flavored, it's easier on your throat, it's difficult to measure. So it is hard for teens to not only think about how addictive this product is, but also how much they're smoking it when they're sharing it and smoking it in such a non-measurable way. Um, So that's something that I think that parents and teens need to be aware of. So, again, we're just really committed to, you know, educating our youth through our program and helping them learn more about e-cigarettes and the consequences of smoking them.
1: So where do kids get e-cigarettes or vape products? Um, one of my um, youth-to-youth groups,
0: Tuscarora Central Catholic Youth-to-Youth, they were interviewed by The Times reporter, um, I want to say, three or four months ago. And some of our tut- students were talking about how they came about e-cigarettes, how they accessed them, and I was really surprised, personally, Um, They said that they have like contacts on social media and basically all they have to do is Google search a certain flavor and they can contact that person and they can get them whatever flavor it is that they can find online no matter what it is, no matter what product it is. And I wasn't sure you know how they came about these contacts but they said that a lot of them are teens in our local schools. So there I do need to do some more learning about that but Kids are really smart, they're really tech savvy, and they are able to find what they want, you know, whether we want them to or not. So that education piece, you know, is is really important to try to prevent them from
1: doing that because unfortunately they can figure out a way. (laughs) So who can give us a little history about vaping because it is a newer trend, um, I know that tobacco use is down from traditional cigarettes. Now we have this big surge in vaping. Um, can you educate us, any of y'all, about this issue? So when vaping products were introduced, it actually
2: was um, intend. It had good intentions. So it was intended to help people who smoke cigarettes quit smoking. So um, they could wean themselves down off of the nicotine. So it was actually produced with good intentions. Um, However, as we've seen recently, especially in the United States, um, and it's not just here, it's everywhere, but um, when, and I would say the past five years or so, maybe seven, um, it's become really popular here. In our area specifically, it's just been the past few, um, but it's, it's different than when it started. So now things, because they're not regulated how they should be um, it doesn't have to be labeled like it needs to be. It They can put whatever they want in it, and it doesn't really matter. Um, and now, because they don't look how they started, when it started they look like traditional cigarettes or they were these big bulky um, boxes, and now they're cool looking. They look like flash drives. They look like pens. They look like all kinds of different things. So um, it's just more appealing to youth, and I think – Hannah, you can speak more on that, but um, it's, kids think it's cool, and
1: they don't realize how dangerous it is. Mm-hmm. So, Logan, I'm going to ask you, what do you feel the average day teenager thought about or thinks about traditional cigarettes, and why have vape products been more appealing to our young people?
3: I mean, I can answer this personally for everyone. Like we okay. think is disgusting. You like think traditional, traditional cigarettes, cigarettes are disgusting and they're just not cool. So Now can I
1: ask you, why do you think y'all think that?
3: I don't know. I think just like the the whole menthol thing. Like for me that's it. Like I I think that menthol is disgusting and like that's what you know, and they've seen the research that has happened over the years of cigarettes and so they're not they don't see the research that um, hasn't been done yet on the vaping products, so they're not thinking, oh, this is really dangerous So, I
1: mean, so I'm going to go ahead and possibly toot our own horn here because we have health educators sitting around the table and we have a prevention department. Do you think the mm-hmm. education you've received in school mm-hmm. programs, the taking to the school program, health educators coming into health classes, do you think that's helped kids have that negative view? Or TV commercials... That kind of stuff.
3: Most definitely, uh, taking into the schools is a big one in elementary school. Um, I remember there was a lot of kids that um, were really excited to be a part of that, and um, even in the middle school now, um, when we have youth to youth members show up there and mentor some middle school students, they get really excited, and and when they're more excited about it, then they're they want to be there and they want to learn. So, um, I think that having the education in the schools right away is very important.
1: Okay. Normally, I don't jump into the podcast quite as much, but this is an issue I'm fairly passionate about. Um, I, I want our listeners from Tuscarora County to know that education component makes a difference. You know, having schools that support um, programming coming in, meeting with kids at the right age, at the right time developmentally, because what age do kids need that education to start? What do you think?
3: Elementary school, for sure.
1: Elementary school. Um, who here knows the age of initiation for kids that are going to initiate in Tuscarora County? Um, I think it's 13, isn't it? It is yep. 13. And you know what? Honestly, we have not surveyed since we've seen the big surge here in Tuscarora County. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's even a little lower than that on the vape products. Mm-hmm. So I just want to throw a plug in. I think programming from our community agencies on these kind of issues makes a difference, right? Oh, yeah. So um, the education's made a difference, negative view of traditional tobacco. Why do you think there's not such a negative view on the vaping?
3: Um, I just think that um, teenagers and, and younger kids they're thinking that it's cool and, and when you s- when elementary and middle school students are seeing high school students doing it, then they're definitely going to think that' it's, it's really cool because you know they're high school students they're the role models of um, our county and, and they're the ones that are looked up to so if Younger students are seeing older students do it, then they're going to think that it's okay.
1: Now, when there were the deaths and stuff like that, the unknown causes this fall, did that move some of the high school students to think, uh maybe this isn't okay? Or
3: I think it concerned a lot of them. Okay, but I'm not. I don't. I don't want to say it pushed them away from it hundred percent, but um, it might have made them like cut down on vaping a little bit, um, not using as much. But um, I don't think that it it really had too big of an impact
1: okay so not a huge deterrent why do you think that is
3: um well high school students they're kind of set in their own ways um (laughs) so if they if they have that one track mind then they're gonna keep going with it
1: okay very good hannah what were you gonna say
0: Um, I think that what Logan is talking about is a great segue to mention, you know, the marketing techniques used by the tobacco industry and how it's affected our youth today. He just mentioned how, you know, high schoolers might be set in their ways about their viewpoint on e-cigarettes. And, you know, we have to think about why that is. Um, So I have the Monitoring the Future report in front of me. And in 2019, it was reported that only 5.7 percent of teens smoke traditional cigarettes. And Logan just told us, you know, that teenagers find cigarettes disgusting, and that is because of the education they received when they were younger. And that hasn't happened with vaping because it's so new. And, you know, with only 5.7% of teens smoking cigarettes, the tobacco industry, I mean, they were really panicking. They needed to find a way to make money. And, you know, when that Chinese doctor invented the e-cigarette they quickly picked up that design as quickly as they could, and they did everything in their power to make sure that young people had a positive view, a cool view of e-cigarettes and vaping. And Juul is one of the biggest perpetrators of that. I mean, they were sued for their back-to-school Juul ads. Um And the company, Altria, which is the parent company of Marlboro, owns 35% stock in the Jewel company. So they're quite literally monetizing addiction. And they know that teens' brains are developing. They know that if they get these kids addicted when they're young, they have customers for the rest of their lives. And they desperately need that. And we've known for years and years how corrupt the tobacco industry is. I mean, you can look back you know, to the 1950s, it tobacco ads that said doctors recommend smoking, it's healthy for you, it's good for your throat, they invented experience marketing, which is the concept of a product being tied to a certain persona or a certain type of person as opposed to just the quality of the product. The Marlboro Man was the first example of experience marketing. You know, if you use this product it won't just do these things for you. or It isn't made of these certain high-quality materials. It will make you this type of person. It will make you a cool person. It will give you friends. And, I mean, the tobacco industry has done an amazing job. Not unfor- it well. Yes, unfortunately with cigarettes and unfortunately now with vaping and e-cigarettes. And I don't think that these teens are aware of that. You know, so Logan said, you know, they might not, might not listen to the deaths or the health risks, but teens don't like to be lied to, especially right now. This generation is so smart and they want our honesty. So if we tell them, you know, that the tobacco industries are lying to them or tricking them, you know, that might be something that they listen to. And it's definitely something that we need to keep in mind, you know, push that media literacy for this generation so they know the intentions of the messaging they hear.
1: I've seen all three of you give presentations out in the community and you do hit on this media literacy piece pretty heavy, but I've seen the ads in your presentations that put big tobacco and the vaping ads and they look identical. Mm -hmm. Like they really are using the same playbook, you know, it's healthier, it's better, it's it's Mm -hmm. cool, it's a social thing. And, um, I think it's something that everyone should be able to view, like if they have opportunity Mm -hmm. to see one of your presentations, because you get it. Like it kinda hits you like
0: (gasps) And they are they are the same people, like the same types of people who marketed Marlboro, who made all those ads. Those are the same types of people that are marketing e-cigarettes. So if teens hate cigarettes, you know, they should also hate e-cigarettes
1: because it is the same thing. It really is. Neat conversation. So marketing's huge. Where else where are they marketing, y'all? Because I know Adults, we don't see the ads a lot. The first time we really saw ads on Juul is when Juul was fighting Mm -hmm. their court case. Then we saw it was all about health and helping older people quit vaping. But I think you all saw, and I'm saying you all looking at Logan, um, you saw advertising for vape cigarettes kind of in your world, right? Yeah. Where we um, see them.
3: It's just kind of like everywhere you look, they were there. It's just on on Instagram, um, Snapchat, were they in your gaming systems? Yeah, some like it, every game you play, you know, there's always an ad in there. So um, sometimes it was the jewel ad.
1: I think adults <laughs> need to know that because when we started doing work around vaping a couple years ago, we kept hearing advertising, advertising. And we're going, well, where's the advertising? The advertising was to our young mm-hmm. people, yeah. you know? And that's, I think, been part of the problem. The adults were really slow to react because we didn't understand the issue. And even when we were trying to educate the community, the community was not aware. I mean, early on in this, maybe two years ago, our school officials, our parents, did not know what a vape vape looked like, because they were looking at those mods and pods that adults carry out in the community. You know, those big boxes, guys, listeners, with all the smoke that puffs out. Is that what y'all are using, Logan? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all probably think those are pretty disgusting as well, huh?
3: Yeah, I think that that's the the thing now is like all those older um, versions, the first versions of the e-cigarettes, those ones are, they're starting to get the same reputations that traditional cigarettes are having. So those
1: are just for old people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Do you think it took a long time for adults to kind of figure out what kids were using?
3: Um, I think it's a lot of adults still don't really understand that kids are using them as much as they are.
1: Okay. Talk to me then about in your school. and your school, I, I just want to throw this out there. Dover City Schools has done a phenomenal job. They have provided, I know they have let you all have presentations in every building to pretty much every grade, two-step. I mean, so they've been very proactive. So I want to throw that out there first. The school has done a phenomenal job. But does it still happen in the school?
3: Um, I would say yes. Um, It's not as likely to happen because um, Dover is doing a really great job um, making sure the hallways are being monitored between classes, um, not allowing students to go to the restroom um, 10 minutes before and 10 minutes after the period starts, um, and that kind of limits all all the students going to the restroom at the same time, because restrooms are like the hot spot for vaping. That's okay. where all this, that's where students are most likely to do them. Um, and Dover's just done a great job of trying to limit the the access that students have to um, their classmates in the restrooms because that's where they know that it's happening.
1: How about parking lots when you walk out of the school building?
3: Um, there's always like staff standing around the building, okay, so great. if it's happening at Near the building, it's at least a block or two away. It's not happening um, right there at the school because they're in visual sight. So,
1: so I'm going to say kudos to Dover City Schools because um, I also know you are in contact with other students around the county. Do you hear that from your other
3: I have students? not heard anything that um, other high schools are doing anything. Um, there are a few things that could be similar, but nothing nothing like Dover is doing.
1: And I... I do always want to defend the schools. The schools do an amazing job, but I would definitely say um, from the pulse that I hear that it is a problem in our districts, and yet I do know our schools work diligently. Nicole, I know you deal with the schools a lot.
2: Yeah, the schools, sorry, the schools have been amazing with allowing us to come in. They all know that there's an issue. Um, Every district we've been in, they know that there's an issue, and They are trying to fight that issue because they don't want their kids hooked. Um, They want their kids to be in school and to be able to concentrate and focus on what they're there for, which is their education. And when the kids are constantly worried about when they're going to get to go to the bathroom to vape or um, even playing games with each other, trying to figure out who can vape in class and not get caught Um, when they're focusing on that kind of thing, then they're not focusing on what they should be. So the schools know it's an issue, and they're trying to address it. Um,
1: Nicole, you just brought up something I don't think we hit on. You were saying when kids are distracted. Why are kids distracted? Um, Well, with vaping
2: specifically, um, nicotine addiction can cause a lower... Uh, lower concentration levels. So it makes it harder to concentrate. It makes it harder to focus. It inhibits learning. Um, there's all kinds of things that come along with nicotine addiction that people don't really associate with it. So we've all heard that heart disease and lung problems and all of that uh, with smoking and vaping, but we h- haven't heard about the things that, how it affects the brain. And with teens, especially because their brains are still developing, um, it literally rewires their brains. It primes them for addiction. So um, nicotine addiction is important to address because it can lead into other addictions, stronger addictions as they grow. So it's really important that we address it early on, try to prevent it. And when it is with nicotine, this is another thing with vaping devices. um, When they start using them for nicotine, because of the way the device works, they can put other things in them. Mm-hmm. So it's not just being used for nicotine.
1: It's there's so all what other thing things. are you alluding to?
2: Um, well, specifically <laughs> THC, which is in marijuana. Um, but there's other things that they can use too. Sure. But um, which is it's scary because then the way the product works, it doesn't smell like a traditional cigarette. So a child, a student, could be in the classroom. At their desk with the teacher in the classroom with them, and vaping, and the teacher wouldn't even know because the smell that comes from it is not a bad smell. Um, if you're same s- with
1: the marijuana oils as well, it's yeah. not going to smell like a traditional joint if someone's trying to vape a marijuana oil.
2: Yeah, so it's very easy for a student to do it, even with someone, a teacher, a parent, um, anyone close by because it could just be they're chewing a piece of gum. It could be they use hand sanitizer, especially right now. Um, It could be a multitude of things, but really they could be sitting there vaping and you just
1: don't know. So the devices are that easy to conceal that you can do it in a classroom? Yeah. A lot of them right now look
2: like things that you need on your desk for a classroom so pens highlighters uh, flash drives all sorts of things so very easy to conceal very
3: good i've actually heard about students like if they have long sleeves on they'll like hide it down in their sleeve and then they'll sit like with their arm on the table and their hand up to their face and they'll be able to use it like that
1: i've been in the presence of people vaping and there's been times where i can think of twice where I've been with someone and not realized they were, not even they're adults, not that they were even trying to hide it from me. I think there's a natural usage of those vape products, especially like that Joel device that, you know, it's just an easy way to conceal when you're breathing it in. And I think especially adults, most of them are trying to quit anyway. So they're trying not to look cool. They're just using their device because they need their nicotine. But I know on two different occasions, I've been in the presence of someone and it took me a while before I'm like, oh, you're vaping, (laughs) you know. So um, it is easy to conceal. I I do want to touch upon when
0: you say it's easy to conceal, you know, why is that? (laughs) Um, So the Jewel company again and again will say, you know, this is a cessation device for adults. And, you know, we have to question, you know, is that the case? And it's most when you look at, you know, even the design of the Jewel. I mean, it's most fundamentally not. I mean, why does it look like a flash drive? Why is it so sleek and techy looking? And um, why do they have flavors like bubble gum? And I don't know, what are some other ones? Creme brulee, like, Mango. are those things that, you know, adults would want to smoke to quit smoking cigarettes? I mean, I know adult cigarette smokers in my life, and they want it to seem as much like a cigarette as possible, because that's what they're used to, you know, and Research overwhelmingly shows that teens and young people are the ones who gravitate toward flavors like that. Um, so again, you know, when they make the jewel look unrecognizable to an adult, you know, when they have these flavors, when they make them so easy to conceal, you know, we have to question when they say that it's a cessation device for adults.
1: Okay, so we talked a lot about what it looks like, how it works how our kids are marketed, kind of what our young people think about these devices. Let's talk a little bit about what can adults do um, to protect their kids from using or um, not even adults, parents, schools. What are some things that could help? I think the very first thing that
2: everyone needs to do is learn about what it is. Um, Know that it's not just water vapor. When that cloud comes out, it's It's vapor from an e-liquid that contains fine particles with chemicals. Um, It's definitely not just water vapor. It's not harmless. So I think people need to educate themselves first. Um, And then beyond that, just talk to their kids. Like know what their kids are doing and having that open dialogue with kids and um, not just your own kids, like your kids' friends when they're over. Like be involved with them. Um, I have an 11-year-old who's going to be 12 very soon, and it scares me because she is getting to the point where she wants to go and be with her friends. Um, But I want to know as much as I can what her friends are up to. And I know we can't know everything, um, but I want to put that effort in as much as I can.
1: Sure. Good advice. How about you all? Um,
0: Just to echo what Nicole said, you know, having those conversations earlier than you'd probably like to. You know, I know I've heard parents say, it is scary to talk to your kids about these things. And I've heard, you know, you don't want to put that idea in their head, you know, things like that. But we know across all substances, you know, parents who talk to their kids about using, those kids are 50% less likely to use. So it's just knowing how to have those conversations with kids, you know. And that's exactly what Logan was talking about, the the perception of harm with cigarettes with teens today. That's because of education they received when they were young. So we just need to to keep that going, to fund programs that educate our kids, to talk to our kids, and that will make all the difference.
1: So Hannah, I appreciate that segue. I am going to encourage listeners to go to the ADD, adctusk.org. Um, Nicole sitting with us is the chairperson of that department. All the information, not all, but the information that would be super helpful for parents is right on that website. So if you go to org, hit tobacco tab, and it will have information about vaping. What do you need to know? How do you talk to your children around these issues? <clears throat> so I think it's just a valuable um, tool, resource to to educate yourself. And I appreciated you saying, yeah, it's not just water vapor. It's an aerosol. And Okay, we already established it has nicotine in it. But I don't think we've really kind of hit on the chemicals that are involved in there. It's debatable, is this safer or not safer than traditional cigarettes? Absolutely might be. But man, we do not know what chemicals are in those flavorings. And there's like thousands of combinations of those. So, you know, I think it's just going to be a matter of time that we have long-term research to show us what kind of funky cancers we're gonna get from that as well, you know? So I think there's a lot of unknown here.
2: There absolutely is. And I think that's important to talk about too, because people are looking for answers when they're educating themselves and they're realizing that it isn't what they thought it was. They're looking for answers, but we don't have all the answers right now. And that is something to be concerned about. It takes time to develop that research and to fully understand what these products are and what kind of damage they can do long term. So that's important to talk about.
1: Anything else? Okay. What efforts are underway in Tuscarora County? Because I'm looking at Nicole. I know she's leading a task force right now on vaping. So tell us a little bit about What's going on in Tuscarawas County?
2: So we've been out, like we mentioned before, we've been out, um, all of us together, doing all kinds of presentations. Um, we did a vaping forum last fall at Kent. And that was pretty cool. Um, so we are out doing presentations. We were out doing presentations before COVID. Um, but right now, uh, the vaping task force has come together. We've had a couple of meetings and we're really just trying to figure out, because it's not so in-your-face like it was, um, it, we still know it's an issue. Um, there are members from every sector on the task force, so education is involved, and they still know when school resumes that it's, it's going to be there. Um, so the main point behind the task force is to figure out what to do. Um, we know we need to get information out. We need to get information out to everybody Um, and as many different channels as we can because as much as you get that out and flood it from every angle, then we know that more people will see it. They'll see it more often and hopefully have better results. Um, But besides that, we want to work on peer-to-peer groups like Logan said earlier. So kids, especially younger kids, they look up to the older kids. They want to hear from the older kids. They don't want to hear from us. We're we're old like, you know. They <laughs> they don't want to hear from us. They want to hear from high school students. They want to hear from young adults. So, starting things like that where we can get people in to share the same information from their perspective with kids who would better participate because then they're talking to the cool people. They're not talking to the old people.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to plug right now because I'm looking at you three. You all did a video recently. Somehow we got to share that. I'm looking over yeah. to the to Kyle who's um, taping the podcast today. Somehow we got to promote the video with this podcast. Tell us about that video, Logan.
3: Um, it was just, it kind of showed what was in the vape. So... Um, our YAB group is this, this is the right video, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I was like, this is the only video I've Um, So it was just kind of like everything that's in a vape. Um, we kind of just put it all together and, and like what kind it. of stuff? Um, like rat poisoning, and nice. And, um, I forget what the other ones were
2: formaldehyde, yeah. um, diacetyl, um. Yeah.
1: Oh, acetone, right? Yes, I, I saw your video, yeah. acetone.
2: Antifreeze. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of things. It actually is a, it's a really cool video, and it highlights youth in our area from our school districts right here in the county, which is pretty cool, um, seeing them come together for uh, something that's so important and showing people really what's in a vape when they may just think it's water.
3: Do you know what's really in a vape?
2: formaldehyde
3: used to preserve dead bodies diethylene glycol
0: commonly used in antifreeze acetone used in nail polish remover nicotine also found in cigarettes highly addictive
3: diacetyl can cause popcorn lung arsenic found in rat poison still think babe is just water? think Think again!
0: (laughs) every day you have the power to make so many choices make them healthy
1: choices
2: make them good choices
1: Make them informed choices. Make them legal choices. You are the the future. future. You You are are the the priority. priority. Escape the vape. Stay safe. So cool. The video is very fun. I love it. But I think you know, parents share the video. It's fun. I think kids would enjoy watching y'all pour chemicals that are in vapes into a vat and go like, "Yeah, we kind of want to breathe this in." You know, go to the website, the ADC Tusk. you know what can churches and businesses do? So civic organizations.
2: There's a lot of things that people can do um, from every kind of business, um, organization, things like that. So really sharing information when you see things um, and you have the information provided to you, sharing that out with for churches, their congregations. Um, just making sure that they're youth aware of leaders it. leaders
1: are talking to their kids yes. about vaping.
2: Yes, because a lot of times the youth group leaders, again, are the cool ones. They're the ones that these kids are looking up to. So if they're touching on the topic, they don't have to have full-on presentations, but at least just mentioning it, mentioning
1: it um, here and there so the kids keep getting it. Um, so if you're a coach, if you're a youth group leader or some sort of advisor, 4-H, I mean... You have a voice that probably has influence. Is that right, Logan? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, Businesses, um, we have worked with
2: businesses, so if they have employees who are struggling with addiction, encouraging their employees to quit, um, maybe even incentivizing them, like we have talked on the task force, incentivizing them to um, speak up and share their story, um, work with younger
1: kids. Is there a correlation between parents that smoke and children that smoke and vape?
2: Absolutely, yeah. It's definitely generational. Um, If you have a parent who smokes or um, a close adult relative who smokes, it's more likely that you are going to grow up smoking as well. Even if you grew up thinking, that that's disgusting and I don't want to smell that my whole life or um, I I don't want to be around that, it's still more likely that you'll grow up and be a smoker than you would if you didn't have a family member that
1: smoked. I'm going to throw out, if there's any listeners out there that do smoke, use tobacco products, that doesn't mean that your children are going to end up using, but it means be cognizant that you probably need to have more conversations and let them know, hey, I'm addicted. I can't stop. I wish I wouldn't have started because I think that will have a positive impact on on our young people. Absolutely. yeah. Um, I also know um, Nicole and our prevention department, the health department, will speak anywhere. So Lunch and Learns for businesses, um, I would say you would probably go anywhere in the county if someone would be willing would. to listen, I right? I would, I love
2: it, yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime anyone wants us to come out and we like to tailor it specific to where we are. So it's not just a generic presentation that everybody hears the same thing. We wanna make sure that you know why it's important to you and what you're focusing on. So we definitely take the
1: time and effort to tie that into what, what's important to you. Fair enough. Um, Trying to think what else we might want to discuss. I would like to
2: talk a minute about um, breaking the addiction. So we've talked about becoming addicted, hopefully preventing it, but um, if you are smoking traditional cigarettes or if you are vaping, there is help. So the Quitline, of course, um, it's 1-800-QUIT-NOW. It's super easy. Uh, That is for adults. So. Adults who are addicted to any type of nicotine, um, whether it be traditional cigarettes, vaping, um, smokeless tobacco, anything, you can go to the quit line for help. So
1: when you call the 1-800-QUIT-NOW, what's the process? What happens?
2: So they make it very easy. First, it's free for anyone who lives in Ohio. So um, that's a recent change that makes it super nice. So there aren't qualifications that you have to meet. Um, If you're addicted, then you're qualified. Um, you call them, you're set up with a coach, and then if you need to, they have nicotine replacement therapy. So those who have an addiction that they think that they need that extra help, they can provide free nicotine replacement therapy for you. Um, You get to choose what you think would be best. So it's not somebody else making a decision for you. You are completely in control of your attempt to quit.
1: Um, You mentioned a coach. Is it via a telecoach or is it an in-person coach?
2: It's going to be via telephone um, for adults. Um, there's some ways that you can access it online as well, but mainly for adults, it's via phone. Uh, for teens, though, in particular, because we know that teens and younger, the younger kids, um, they aren't as... Likely to talk to somebody on the phone, um, they are more likely to text or chat. Um, My Life My Quit is a great resource for t- any teens who are addicted. Um, they can go to that, and it's done. the The teen can choose how they want to how they want to receive that communication. Do they want their coach to contact them via text? Do they want to use chat? There is a phone option, um, but we know that most teens aren't using that, so. It's set up to be user-friendly and appealing to those who are using it.
1: Now, I'm just going to bring up, because I have sat around tables in the community, um, we've talked about youth being addicted. We've heard that word today. But um, we've never seen youth struggle with addiction in any other substance like we have vaping. Um, Can you explain that? or? I think um, because we've seen
2: over the past couple of decades, we've seen this huge decline in cigarette smoking, Um, we haven't really had to face it. It's kind of like we were talking about earlier, out of sight, out of mind. Um, It's still been there, but it's been very low. And then with this surge with vaping, um, because of the way vaping devices are made, and because of the, the items that are used in them, um, traditional cigarettes use a different kind of nicotine. It's all nicotine, but vaping products use nicotine salts. So that's important to mention because nicotine salts make it easier on the throat. Um, they can inhale it easier. It's not going to have that harsh burn like you would get if you're smoking a cigarette. So they can they can puff on an e-cigarette or a vape all day long not realizing that they're inhaling nicotine. And every puff is just more nicotine going straight to their brain and really priming it for addiction. So um, it's a lot easier for them to become addicted using vaping devices than it was for someone who is becoming addicted via traditional cigarettes.
1: We always say it is the perfect addiction device. There was never anything developed that primes you for addiction like a vape. Um, So I just want to throw in, have we had tobacco forever? Yeah. Have we had alcohol? Yeah. But nothing has just primed that brain that gets such a dopamine rush that gets you so addicted so quickly. So it's kind of left us as community providers kind of scrambling a little bit because we've never dealt with this much addiction. And and we get calls from school districts, you know, that a kid has been – suspended, has been disciplined multiple times. And we we get phone calls from parents, you know, my kid got caught at youth group and they got caught at camp and they got caught at school and they're frustrated. And the first thing we say is, you know, being angry is probably not going to be super helpful because your child is clearly addicted at this point. So the My Life, My Quit is one option. How about our counseling treatment agencies? What other options do we have? Yeah,
2: absolutely. For teens especially, for anyone under the age of 18, nicotine replacement therapy isn't advised. So it's going to be counseling-based therapy. Um, but that could be very effective. Um, so any um, local providers that provide cessation treatment like uh, or addiction therapy, um, teens could access that and go to somebody locally. So My Life, My Quit and local services both could be
1: instrumental in helping your teen quit. Logan, have you seen peers addicted?
3: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: Do you ever hear them saying they want to quit, they can't quit, or they don't know how to quit?
3: Um, I've heard uh, that they can't quit. Okay. They always say, um, I'm so addicted that I've been doing it for so long, I don't know how to quit. So um, having these, like making sure these resources are out there is a really great thing because a lot of teenagers, they just they don't know where to look for them really.
1: Yeah. Okay. I appreciate you chiming in. And you know what I'm thinking, because I sit on Nicole's task force, it probably would be helpful if we have some youth just to give some insight in the county. How do we make it comfortable for kids that are addicted, that can't stop, to get the help they need? Because I think that's probably a community issue that we have to figure out at the, the task force is if we have kids that are feeling powerless, um what is the best way to help them feel comfortable getting the help? And and how do we help our parents and our school officials to understand, you know, this is addiction we're looking at and, and treatment is effective. You know, we just got to get you there. I think, too, with
2: teens, they may not understand that they are addicted. Um, parents may not understand that they are addicted. So you think about teens that are saying that they can't quit, like, that's, that's pretty scary. Uh, we have adults who have smoked their entire lifetime, and they feel that. So imagine feeling that as a teen when you're already going through so many other things um, and having that on top of that. That's pretty scary. So definitely something
1: that we're going to have to figure out at the local level and try to help these kids. I'll tell you what. We're probably running out of time. Is there anything else any of you want to add? Okay. Okay. This is where I'm going to wrap up today. First of all, thank you for this conversation. I think it's important. Um, I think it's helpful. I want to encourage adults to go to the org and hit on the tobacco um, tab to get information, more information on this issue. We're going to pump out the video y'all did because it's phenomenal uh, when we've released this particular podcast. So again, I appreciate y'all listeners, feel free to get involved. There's a lot of work that's being done, but a lot of more work that needs to be done. And um, the more um, more we have involved, the better chance we have of protecting our kids and our community through this issue. So thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Logan. And thank you, Hannah. It was a great conversation. And I think that's a wrap for today. Listen next week.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast. Please follow us on Facebook and visit our website at adctusk.org.